Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Sweet welcome. Hey, nerds. Uh, another episode of Disorganized Religion. Hopefully everyone's staying safe and healthy during this pandemic that I pray is going to end very soon, but probably won't. And because of that, we're doing this over Zoom, which stock in Zoom is rising rapidly. Buy in, I guess. It might be too late. Uh, but I'm joined today by the fantastically fun and beautiful Wendy Wilkins. Oh, Seth, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me, Wendy. Oh, my God. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're one of my favorite people in comedy. Literally. Oh, you're so sweet. Uh, you are one of my favorites. I oh, don't – there are some people that you get to know, and it's like I don't remember how we met, when mm-hmm. we met, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And there are some people like where it's bonded. like I should not have gone in there that day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you are not one of those. I should not have turned and said, hey, hi. I'm... <laughs> yeah. yeah, worst mistake. Worst mistake <laughs> exactly. ever. Well, how you been doing? How you holding up under the uh, coronavirus? Well, I'm good because uh, I'm a writer. And so, yeah. uh, and then what I do to pay the bills is I work in television production. And so I get chunks of time where I work TV. Yeah. And then I get chunks of time where I take a break. And I just like worked eight months straight. So I was like, the week before this all went down, my job ended. And I was Man. like, great, I can get back to writing. <laughs> right. Um, break time comedy together and start hiking again yeah. and like just get my life back in order and i was i was totally like this was the year i was going to be on the road i was going to be featuring and so i was already wow. planning a tour in upstate new york in mm. the summer and all that and i was like oh getting ready run you know hit the ground running and then this all happened and i was Jeez. like all right well i guess i'll just be writing and uh working on comedy and hiking and then yeah. the hiking got taken away so now i'm like <laughs> running on comedy. at 11 at night because it's like oh, I right. anybody you know and so yeah. it's yeah. just like you know whatever it's for me it's peaceful I, yeah. I I've been saying I went through three three years of being separated and divorced and having another relationship blow up in my face where I spent so much time alone and crying yeah. this is nothing yeah this is nothing now this is fun <laughs> You've been, you've been prepped. Like yeah, exactly. Total prepped. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Wow. How are you holding up? You know, we're doing well. We're doing well. Me, the Good. wife, three kids. Uh, I've been joking with people that I, I like the fact that I picked someone to be with and then made three other people that I enjoy. So it's been good. Well, that it's is good. Fine. That is good. Uh, I mean, with I, any family, you have tense moments, but right. yeah. those were going to happen anyway. So. Exactly. Well, that's nice that you like your family. Most of my family, and I don't know. <laughs> you're you're okay being I'm, quarantined from. Yeah, I'm three thousand <laughs> miles away from most of them. It's fine. <laughs> where where are they then? Three thousand uh, New York. We were. We most uh-huh. of us grew up in upstate New York. Okay. Um, that we were farmers. That sort of we yeah. uh, apparently at least on my dad's side of the family we got here in 1840. Okay. And all just became farmers for me, but for at least 60, 70 years. And sure. then the age of manufacturing, everybody just sort of moved to uh-huh. the area that most of us grew up in now, which is the Binghamton area. And in, it's the south central part of upstate New York. My Got school it. 
my school bus turned around in Pennsylvania every day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like how close we were. And, yeah. uh, and then they became, you know, blue collar workers. So, yeah. um, but then manufacturing just sort of disappeared in the last 30 years in upstate New York. So my family, you know, my dad retired from the cable business. He worked in the cable <clears throat> business from the inception and moved down to Florida. Like him and all of his friends were over state New York. Man. We all hung out together. Yeah. All retired and moved to the same neighborhood in Florida. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. Uh, though most of their friends picked up and went to upstate New York during this whole thing before they closed the borders of Florida. So weird. He's like, I don't know why, why? but they all did. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. They it's usually like the all worst... go there in the summer, but. Yeah. 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 Interesting. That's like the worst place to be right now. Yeah. But then, um, then my cousin, my cousins on my dad's side, I'll live still in upstate. Um, but my cousins on my mom's side, my mom passed away in 99. So, mm. uh, my cousins on my mom's side, all, um, uh, scattered everywhere. Yeah. So I got Denver, I have Richmond, I have Pennsylvania, Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, yes. and then, you know, Boston and Connecticut. So there, everybody's everywhere. So, yeah. um, Oh, I don't fun. really have a home anymore. Once my mom <laughs> died, I don't really have a home. So LA is my home. Yeah. It's like the most prophetic thing my ex-husband told me. He goes, you got to just accept the fact that LA is your home. Oh, wow. I was like, yep, that's when we were getting divorced. I was like, yeah, I've been here longer. I've been anywhere else. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So how long have you been doing comedy? I have been doing comedy 27 years. Holy smokes. Uh, and Where'd you uh, start? I... Technically, I started in upstate New York when I was going to community college. They did an open mic at a okay. bar, and it mainly was all music. It was some hippie guy who ran it, and he did. Sure. He talked more in between the acts than anybody did. Like he would talk for fifteen minutes, and then somebody would play a song. Like it was just awful. Yeah. And I was the only comic, mm. and I had no idea what he was doing. But you know, we never do the first time. Right. And I did it and, um, you know, and then he went on for 15 minutes from the stage about what I was doing, you know, so, uh, (laughs) and so, um, and so, but there was one comedy club in our area. It was in like a big room at the Ramada Inn. Uh I can't even remember what it was called, but the guy, the owner could tell that because I would just come by myself. And he'd yeah. let me just $5. I didn't need to buy two drinks. He mm. told all the waitresses to leave me alone. I would sit in the front row and I would just watch. I saw Jay oh. Moore, his like first year he was doing it. Yeah. I saw um, Ellen DeGeneres came up. Oh, no. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell came up. Oh, wow. Um, a bunch of people now, I don't remember, but like I'm sure they're bigger people now. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, Skippy from Family Ties. He came up. Mark Price. Um and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And it was great. Hold on one second. I have to tell my Tinder boy to leave me alone. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Please stop texting me. I'll text you later. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. It's good you're staying active during this time. I've had quarantine. a whole face FaceTime Tinder <laughs> relationship with somebody during the quarantine. It's amazing. It's perfect. This is a dream come true for you. <laughs> so what what drew you to stand up? Why did you why did you want to do it? Well, my dad was the funny one of his group. Okay. Um, my grandma was the funny one of her group. Even when she like went into the retirement home. She, oh yeah. 
she would tell these like filthy jokes, like to the nurses, to the other patients, everything. Like she was, she was, <laughs> she was my grandma used to make, she was an artisan, mm. very crafty, but she used to make chocolate penis and boobies, like for bachelorette parties and different things. And like, I'm so glad it's happy. for that and not yeah. just, you know. Oh my God. And yeah. she was great at it. Like, yeah. like she yeah. just like, was really good at it. So she just, so it's just kind of being funny is running our family. And I was always a smart ass of my friends. And mm. I would always like, anybody could dare me to moon somebody, I would. I mean, I was one of the white, only white girls with a big ass. So, oh, like, okay. So I, and I love to dare. So I would like, <laughs> seventh grade, I was da- mooning everybody. I got a nickname Mooner. It was just a whole thing. Oh, wow. Wow. So I just sort of like, develop that kind of personality and so then it's and then my mom okay so my parents are divorced and we live with my dad during the week and my mom on the weekends so my okay mom very open about letting us watch anything my dad was too because he worked for the cable company he was just like i can't be a hypocrite yeah sure uh, yeah so Interesting. Um, and so but she loved comedy she loved a lot of things but she oh. absolutely loved comedy so yeah. we watched even at a very young age we watched them all yeah like, didn't matter the language or the subject matter or anything we watched them all so i really developed it from watching and then i also love british british comedies so the uh-huh. young ones there was a yeah. thing called the comic strip uh-huh. uh saunders so that also developed in me watching them and just soaking them in because i got them like yeah. more than my friends my friends wouldn't watch them they watched the young ones but they wouldn't get the other ones but i was just like no, this is like brilliant, you know. Yeah. So I sort of that developed into my writing. That helped in my writing uh-huh. life, and then um, and then watching all the stand-up specials and and just like devouring them. My my favorite growing up was Bill Hicks. Okay. And when I saw him, I was just like, "That's who I want to be. I want to be somebody who pushes pushes the envelope, or at least pushes the because he, you know, he had a very specific kind of." subject matter that he would talk about and it was great yeah. now i i am not political i am not mm. that kind of thing but the <laughs> stuff not? i did talk about why, why are you political <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the stuff i do talk about yeah. i think i do push and yeah. so and he his inspiration and who he was always has pushed me to like be my most authentic self and so if that is me talking about sex all the time, then that's me talking. And about I guess sex. there you go, right? But but by the way, this this whole pandemic, yeah. I wrote ten. I wrote ten minutes. that have nothing to do with sex. So I Look know I can you. write it. Yeah. This is it's stretching you. It's finally. It uh, is. Yeah, it it's is. Finally I love out it. of the comfort zone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just such a wealth of info. When the sex yeah. So what did you end up writing about? The coronavirus itself. Well, it's it's more about like just you people within the current, and then things like because I was going out, I and I still go out every night Mm. in the dark because I'm not moving around enough to have me have a fitful night of sleep. So even though I exercise when the hiking trails are open, I still went out at night to do a walk, and so eight or nine things have happened to me while I've done that walk that are just fucking wonderful oh gotcha made me so happy that when you're forced into like a situation that's when the creative juices really get going and so like all my jokes are based on real things that happen to me and dumb things that i've done or been done to me they're not things i go out and look for they just all (laughs) of a sudden happen 
And then yeah. I'm like, this is a joke. I have to write this. I have to write because there's so much truth in, yeah. in the shit that happens to me that it's just like, well, that's why, you know, and yeah. you know, I'm really, you know, I was fortunate enough to have parents that were open about sex. And so like, they never made me feel shamed about being a sexual being. So that's why I think I'm a little bit more open in my act sure, about talking sure. about sex is because it just has always come natural for me to be like talking about it. <laughs> right, right, right. So as far as, I mean, so doing it for 27 years, I think you're yeah. the, yeah, I mean, I don't know any other comedian uh, that has done it for that long. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know any other comedian as well as I know you that has done it okay. for that long. So what perspective do you have over that time in gaining your voice and I mean, any tips that you would give uh, or things to, to keep in mind as you're trying to find your genuine self on stage? You know, it took a real persona. long, right, right. It took, you know, it took, I was very raw my first years cause I did that. I did, um, like I said, I did that one open mic. And then when I was in college, I did a comedy contest called the mm. funniest, funniest college student in the Hudson Valley. Oh, where did you go to college? Uh, it's called SUNY New Paltz. It's okay. For State University of New York. Got New it. Paltz, which is across the river from Poughkeepsie. And okay. also Vassar, Marist, Culinary Institute, <laughs> like a whole bunch of other colleges. Sure. And so, and so there was, there was like 15 of us. Yeah. And I, I got third. Oh, hey. Some, some girl at Vassar got second. And yeah. then my friend who went to my college got first. He did a, wow. he did like a, high school um, cafeteria food fight, but he did impressions. So oh, it was very, okay. it was very crowd pleasing. Yeah. So, and what a I, hack. What a yeah. hack. <laughs> <laughs> My closer was uh, lines that men give women trying to get them to do what they want. Oh, okay. And then lines that the women give to those men. And so like, it really was like, you know, it was really great. It was good. Yeah. So, um, but then I, ca I came to LA to work in production. And, oh, okay when I was 22 and my very first time was the comedy store. So the third time I do wow. is the comedy store open mic. Jeez. At their potluck. I mean, I don't know what they call yeah, it. It's not the, it's, it is potluck, but it's not the version that it is now to hold right. a whole different other thing. It's up in the belly room, right? Uh, no, it was in the main room. Oh, okay. It was on Sunday in the original room, not main room, original room. Yeah. Sunday nights. You showed up at like three. You yeah. signed up. It was, and then, um, um, you put your name in a hat and then, uh, you fucked off for like two or three hours. Sure. Came back. The list was there. Uh, and it started like eight. Okay. Like, it was, it was not fun. And so if you yeah. got a later slot time, you like, I wouldn't, it was dangerous to be there in the early days. So oh, I know that area of town. Yeah. At the, comedy store yeah. because there had been shootings on the yeah. patio because yeah. of you know beefs with crazy people, people. it was awful right. so and as a woman there wasn't a lot of women i yeah. mean there's so much more women now i know there's still it's only about 30 percent but <sighs> it was it was maybe 10 percent yeah and any woman who went there who was even slightly adorable nothing but hit on all the time and yeah like, and just awful behavior by men just like yeah crazy. So, but if that hasn't I changed got, much, no, but we're a little <laughs> bit easier to handle. It's a little bit easier to handle, a little bit smarter, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and so if I got a time after midnight, I wouldn't do it. 
because I, oh. I I don't know. And I didn't have a car, so I would, and there was no Ubers or anything like that. Yeah. I didn't have any money. So I had to either bum a ride or walk anywhere. Yeah. So, so they would start at eight and just go until. Yeah, just go until. They everyone had gone up. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. That's so different. Cause now it's just an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So very different. Yeah. Anyway. So essentially I started comedy here and okay. I did it straight for 15 years. I was also working a full-time job and there wasn't as many mics. It was like one or two. You mm. picked your, you picked your area of town where mm-hmm. you did it. So there was these circles that wouldn't go like there was the Valley people and the West side people and the Hollywood yeah. people and the East side people and the South people. And nobody really, every once in a while you would like cross paths with them, but you, I wouldn't, there's a bunch of people I'm meeting now Yeah. that did comedy back then. I never met because yeah. unless they went to my mics, there wasn't cause there wasn't that many. Yeah. And so I did it. I did it hard for 15 years. Uh-huh. As as I could, and, um, and then people either got married and were dropping out, yeah. having kids, or were getting jobs, uh-huh. uh, performing jobs, writing jobs, and nobody, nobody was looking at me. Oh, man. And about the same time, and I also got to a point where I'm like, who am I? I don't think I was as strong uh, in my POV and uh-huh. in my voice. And then I'd gotten to a point where my writing had, was starting, even though it was it was new, mm-hmm. and I had only had a few years into it. It started to take off. So I, and then I fell in love. And the, my joke is true. I fell in love, and it ruined my act. Okay, so why and do I you did. say that? Why because though? Because I was talking about, about how I had a lot of jokes about there's no white guys out there who like my big white butt. You know, oh, and then okay. the world changed as soon as yeah. I stopped doing it. It was just like, so, and, and the jokes were very self-deprecating. Yeah. They still are now, but like, um, and they played well, but I, when that, when I fell in love, I stopped going as much. And then when I would go, it got real, the tides had turned and it had got really bro-y, really oh, bro Interesting. And, and it had a lot of the attitude, which I'd like to call the Judd Apatow attitude, which was, it was very mean spirited, uh-huh. you know, like the, the tone that was in his movies. So very yeah. spirited. A lot of people are trying to be Zach Galifianakis, who is a friend of mine who I came up with. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I saw these mini versions of the character Zach Galifianakis that, yeah. he, you know, that they were trying to be. So, and I was just like, I don't want to be here. I hate this. This yeah. feels like an abusive boyfriend. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so yeah. I, I dropped off yeah. and concentrated on writing and acting. Mm. And I'm telling you, once I decided to come back after you know being away about 10 years, and I would do it like once or twice a year. So I technically yeah. was still doing theater. Yeah. Um, and once I, you know, I went through the hardship of being separated and divorced and having another relationship grow up with me. The, yeah. That it stand-up spoke to me like you need to go back to it you you're a stand-up you came to LA to be a stand-up along with being everything else but stand-up is like number one or two in their list right you have to go back to it right and as soon as I did that I started writing jokes like it was was like because my brain it clicked off from writing jokes and I clicked right back on and I couldn't get I didn't have enough time to try to write everything. There was constant, yeah. constant, like it was like this pent up 
built up in my brain. Sure. And I just, it just like vomited on me. It was so great. And then yeah. I was, at the time I was, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back on stage. But I was working in Santa Fe, New Mexico on a TV show, the Waco miniseries, the second oh, to last yeah. Weinstein Company production before they <laughs> blew up. Yeah. And that's a dead town after 8 p.m. Like sure. that, there's nothing there. Yeah. So uh, couldn't find anything there. And then as soon as that job was over, I came back to L.A. And um, I was going through um, uh, the divorce proceedings and the, getting my life together and like sleeping on the couch in our old apartment. I was just trying to figure things out. Yeah. And um, but then as soon as, but then still working out some things, still doing stuff. And then my friend's like, go back to Chicago. Cause I'd worked in Chicago with her. And then I, uh, she's like, come back to Chicago and do this other show. So we went back to Chicago and it's, that was July of 2018. And as soon as we did, wow. the moment I got there, I was like, okay, what do I do? And so I got, they have a website too, got the website. Um, I started to uh, uh, figure it all out. I got, you know, went to one, Oh, when you say that, you mean like Chicago has an open mic website? Yeah, like we do for the Comedy Bureau. It's uh, yeah, I can't even remember what it's called now, but yeah, they have the same kind of thing. Got it. And so I just I did one, and then I was like, okay, that's a safe one. And then I was start to, and then I started to make friends. And so I was there for six months, and it was like. I got my feedback. No one knew any of my old jokes. Yeah. I could tell all of my old jokes until the, you know, stuff started to move. Yeah. And, um, and then started writing new stuff and started getting up and started, and then I got invited to write on this comedy website and I made a whole bunch of friends. And then I had like, I have a gang, you know, yeah. it was great. And I was like, okay, so as soon as I got back to LA in December, 2018, uh-huh. I hit the ground running. I went to a party, like, two days after I got here full of comics and they're like, Oh, it's called the comedy bureau. I was like, okay, great. And yeah. so then I started to map it. And so I did the same thing. I did one, two, you know, figure it all out. And then, yeah. and then, um, as soon as I could, I was doing two or three a night. Yeah. I like, and I, I completely was like, this is what I've always needed. This is the thing I sort of ran myself away from. Yeah. Interesting. And then I came back with, the Wendy. I knew who I was. Mm-hmm. I think going through the divorce and the other relationship, it just, I got to a point where I finally figured out I am the Wendy I always wanted to be. And yeah. because of that, I now have a point of view on stage. Yeah. I now, who I, am. I now get up and people know who I am. Even if I don't talk about sex in my act, they still know who I am, <laughs> which is great, which is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. So what kept you going with stand-up over the first 15 years and what brought you back or was it not the same thing? Um, what kept me going with stand-up was I just wanted to learn how to be a great joke writer. Okay. And even though other people got up opportunities and stuff, I, I just wanted to keep learning the craft. And so like yeah. me going there, you know, you would go and you would watch and you would just soak it in and then um, and then you would write better and push yourself to write more and better. And and also at the same time, I was also writing one woman plays and oh, okay. with six other people. <laughs> and so like um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. performed you know, by was, one person. <laughs> exactly. I was yeah. shooting short films. Uh-huh. I was writing scripts. So like I was also 
the, yeah. both were like informing each other and both were, you know, um, making sure. each other grow. So, so for, so the write, writing has always been, no matter what, it strengthens everything in my life. Yeah. And so um, during the, the time when I wasn't, wasn't doing it as much, I was still growing as a writer. Um, I write, I write everything. I write comedy. I write drama. I write dramedy. I write post-apocalyptic <laughs> sci-fi. Mm. I, I write whatever the story dictates. Yeah. And so I was still feeding the jokes. I was still putting all the jokes I write just in my scripts. So sure. anything I would perform, I would just put in my scripts. And then when I came back, it was as if I didn't need to hide. And I wasn't hiding behind scripts by putting my jokes in there, but I was now brave enough to be like, I got to come back. And I knew coming back second time around as a 50 year old open micer, I was going to have to start at the bottom and meet yeah. shit. And a yeah. bunch of my friends are like, I, I want to come back. And I got, well, if you do, you got to do this. And they're like, I don't know if I can do that. And I'm like, that's what it's going to have to take. Yeah. But it's the best decision I ever made because I gave myself just a little bit of goals. Yeah. And every, and I, I like, I'd say, okay, in this next six months, I want to do this. And within two months I was doing it. And then right. I'm like, okay, in the next year I want to do this. And within six months I was doing it. So yeah. I knew I, I had that 15 years of study. Yeah. It was just dormant and waiting until <laughs> it could just explode again. Yeah. So do you feel like you've been guided along this journey at all? Or is it sort of just Wendy's doing her best? I, am, I know where you're going. <laughs> We're going to transition to religion, spirituality very soon. Right. I figured this I would do, be a, a decent it is a good question. <laughs> I, do, I do believe in the natural forces of mother earth mm -hmm. who does actually i think there's a lot of randomness in life but i also think there are reasons for things that happen um, okay. and the example i give is there are three significant times in my life when i have been absolutely flat broke like so worried i didn't know if i was going to eat um, yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen in my life. And literally it was the kind of moments where, you know, that $20 will change your life. Right. And every time I've found $20 Interesting. on the ground. So I do believe that there are forces. There is energy that yeah. do push you in a, in a path good or bad, but they push you into a path or into meeting somebody or into that direction. And then that actually is where you were supposed to go. Like I wanted my whole life to be a filmmaker and, okay. and I got into film school, but it was one of these really expensive ones. My dad's like, no, you're not going to go into debt for that. And because of it, it forced me over to uh, television production and community college and then my university. And that is, I still love making films. I make little films and stuff like that, but my life is television. And so that yeah. was like, that forced me into doing something that I should be doing. It was the hmm. best kind of thing. Not the thing I thought I wanted to do. Of course, right. I still want to be a filmmaker, but that, <laughs> yeah. it does, it's not going to kill me if I'm not. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. But well, working in television makes me so happy. Makes me yeah. so happy, you know, and I, I haven't achieved exactly what I want in television, which is to be a writer or a director, but I'm still working in the thing I wanted to work in since I was 10. So I don't beautiful. care, you know, yeah. 
So, so I do you enjoy writing or performing more? Or are they just it two happens sides of the same? Yeah. yeah. Like this time I've had the last three weeks of just sitting and writing for two or three hours. It's like breathing to me. And I yeah. get the stuff that's stuck up in my head out. Right. Now, it's different than comedy where comedy is just jokes just come to me. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't force myself to write. I just like, I'm walking and then all of a sudden, ah, and so I have to type it into my phone or whatever. So yeah. that's kind of, that is not something I can plan. Whereas I can plan writing a script. Sure. I can, I, you have to plan it, you know? And so you sit down and you get the ideas out and that kind of stuff. It's very methodical. So it's a very different type of right, writing, of writing and process. Yeah. 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 And, um, and so I love to perform but I love writing a script and like rewriting it and getting a finished product. I just, I have the script I've been writing. I wrote seven years ago mm. and I've been updating it ever since. And now I have people who are shopping it around for me, but they gave me notes in the, and I just got a third set of notes. And each time I was yeah. so eager to do the notes because it just made the script better and better and better. And so like that eagerness to like get this thing completed is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's the same with getting up and doing a good set, and even doing a set where nobody laughs. I don't care. I still did the. Gr- I you learned something, hopefully. Completely. The yeah. last time I went up at the comedy store, I've only been up on potluck twice. And the okay. Comedy store. I did a set that I do at three minutes that I do, and generally it does great. It was not going great, and I ended yeah. up dropping two jokes. I forgot. Like I didn't realize I had dropped them. Yeah, it happens. And, and I was sort I wasn't so much disappointed that I didn't get the laughs. I was disappointed that I dropped those two jokes. Yeah. And that's what that's what made me mad about myself. It wasn't <laughs> that I wasn't getting laughs. I don't give a shit. You laugh at me, you don't. I don't care. Yeah, that's whatever. what age does to you. You don't give a shit. <laughs> I really, I'm fifty. I don't give a shit if you laugh at me. I don't care. That's not about you. It's about me getting up on stage. Right. But right. I was more mad that I dropped the two two of my favorite parts of my three that three minutes. So, yeah. You know? Yeah. But everybody does it, so it's no big deal. Yeah, it happens. I feel like I do that every single set. I sit down, I'm like, oh, man, I wanted to hit that thing, and I forgot to do that thing. Uh, so were you raised religious? No. no. Mm, okay, so with my parents getting yeah. divorced, yeah. My, um, so it worked out that um, – so my dad wouldn't have to pay child support. We lived with him during the week. And then my okay. mom every, every weekend, but it, but she worked third shift at IBM. So it just like worked out. Third shift is like 10 PM to yeah. 7 AM. You know, she made more money that way and it was just better. Right. So yeah. Like, the overnight like, hours, single mom and everything like that. Right. So, um, uh, so our weekends were dictated by my mom and my mom was like, I was forced to go to go to church. I'm not going to force you guys. Oh, um, okay. Having said that we're, we were, we up until then we were raised Methodists. And okay. so we, if we ended up at my dad's house for a rare weekend or it was the holidays or something, we went to the Methodist church. It's fine. You yeah. know, and Methodist is, you know, I don't know. It's very light. Yeah. <laughs> it's that it's not, it's the one of the lighter religions. There's not a, a lot. There's no, there's not pomp and circumstance. Right. Having said that, I had friends who were a different Catholic. My best friend was Catholic. I went to her church more than I went to my own. Interesting. Um, so I knew more about that. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Yeah. My other friend was Baptist. Tradition. We call it tradition, right? That's yeah. what they call it. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Southern Baptist with a lot of tongues and like. Right. Yeah, well, that was dramatic. Yeah. And that, 
Um, I didn't have any Jewish friends, but there was, you know, temples around. Um, there was, you know, there was Lutherans and like a whole bunch. So I got a taste of a lot of them. Yeah. But I just, I think because of my mom, like I don't drink coffee because of my mom. <laughs> she didn't drink coffee. Oh, okay. Was that for religious reasons or just? No, she just didn't like coffee. She didn't like it. Yeah, she was fair a enough. Coca-Cola drinker. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know. That was her coffee. Yeah. And by the way, I drink Mountain Dew. So there you go. <laughs> nectar, of, nectar of the gods. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So because, you know, we didn't have uh, any, you know, that kind of pressure. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have to do it. I will say this. We were, I was, uh, I was like seven and I think my parents were separated and we'd gone to the laundromat and it was mm-hmm. back during the time when you didn't bring a ton of stuff for your kids. To, you didn't bring anything for your kids. To yeah. Like, they occupy just, your time for yeah. a laundromat. Yeah. And the only book in the whole laundromat place was chained to a chair <laughs> and it was the illustrated version of Noah. The Noah. Oh, yeah. And and so like, okay, I'm going to read it, you know, so I'm reading it. And I, I remember just like, (laughs) mom, how could they have? And she's like, I don't know. (laughs) And then I turned the next page. I was like, mom, I just, I don't get it. She goes, I don't either. Don't worry. That's the moment I realized I became an atheist. I was just like, yeah. Okay. So uh not that I wasn't open to it. I was, I'm like, I'll listen. I'll hear anybody out. But, it's just not something that my brain ever like needed. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But you also talk about sort of forces that lead us Mm -hmm. in directions. So for you, I mean, what do you mean by that? Is that like a higher power or is that, I mean, yeah. To me, it feels like the energy of the earth. I'm very much rooted. I'm a Virgo. I don't know if that means anything. It's nothing to me, but Yeah. yeah, go on. I'm I'm a Girl Scout. I'm very much a tomboy. I'm very much connected to dirt and earth and okay. that kind of stuff. And I yeah. come from farmers. So for me, when I feel the breeze or I the, it snows or it rains or something, that all makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That that kind of energy, and and also by people, the kind of energy you give out is the kind of energy you give back. So it's more yeah. about the inner the inner beings that are walking around. Did you ever see that movie Midnight Express? No. Oh, okay. So um, I don't want to, I can't ruin it, but everybody has like a a light, a a light that's in them. And that's, that's, you know, like I think, I think about four or five times I've seen people's auras, which is a weird thing where all of a sudden you see somebody and they have colors around them. I don't know what the colors mean. I just have seen. Uh So I do think we all have that capacity to, to understand everybody's energy and that energy is what like kind of flows through population in the earth Got and it. i do think how you treat the earth and how you treat other people is a reflection uh of what happens in your life mm-hmm. so for me it's not necessarily a being it's it's the kind of scientifical natural forces that are around us uh-huh. and then it's the kind of spiritual energy that we as people, which can be measured, you know, you meet a rotten person, rotten things sort of like surround them, you know. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I guess yes do. and no, right? <laughs> I mean. I know there are a lot of rot- rotten people that do get good things in their life. But, yeah, or that have good things happen to them, right? Yes, but in the end, I think the cumul- cumulative yeah, part of when, it is when that God it judges them. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, I think my problem with the whole God thing yeah. is that it's the afterlife. It's like everybody's worried about what happens when you die. And I'm like, more people, almost everybody. Need yeah. To worry about what happens now? Of course, of course. No, but for me, it. those ideas are linked, right? Depending mm -hmm. on how we do here, sort of dictates mm -hmm. or influences very heavily what happens after. But so there me, are so same. many people are like, "Oh, I just have to worry about the afterlife." I don't yeah, have to I mean, worry about now they they forget that, you know, from your point of view, they forget that they need to be good people here. There's so much hypocrisy yeah. that's connected with everything, but sure. a lot and a lot of it. I see it so much with religion, even now with the whole way the world is, it's just, it boggles my mind, you know, like how, yeah. how can you be that way? Because I just think we're born inherent to be good people. And oh, okay. Forces in the world, like dictate, like I fight some pretty hard things that I learned growing up from my family that I don't like, but I yeah. fight them to this day because I know that they're not right. Sure. You know? even though I inherently have it in me because I learned it. But Sure, right, you know. right. So do you believe in a spirit or a, or a soul, something eternal for every person? or what's... Not, not eternal. Okay. I, do, I do believe that we all, what we call our conscience and our mm -hmm. soul is about now and our lives. And, um, and that, that is what we have to constantly talk to. And when I was not very good for myself or doing very good things for my relationship or stuff like that, I very much hurt my soul. Mm. And so the healing that I had to do within myself and the penance that I had to do for myself, I, it was all me. I had to do it for me because I had to heal my soul. Like my mm -hmm. ex-husband was very much like, you need to forgive yourself. And I'm like, I will, but I need to also be held accountable i have uh -huh. to hold myself accountable so that's my soul trying to fix itself so that in the world i give out that energy again that i once gave yeah and then once i did heal and fix that that's really when i started doing comedy again and it has uh -huh. come back and so like there is a cause and effect when you yeah. do that kind of stuff so um, do you I mean, when you, when you talk about those kinds of things, in my mind, I go straight to this sort of um, vague idea of karma. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Is that, I mean, is that sort of the same idea or? I or had no? always heard that karma, yeah. what you do now is a reflection of what you, what's going to happen to you in the afterlife. And uh -huh. too many people mistake it as what you do now will happen to you. Later now. Now, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, the idea of karma um, is, is interesting. I guess it's just a different version of what I'm saying. The second thing that I'm saying. Yeah, the more like lay person's interpretation yeah. of karma. Right. Yes, exactly. So that, that in a sense, I believe in that sense, the karma sense in the sense that, yeah, what you do now will reflect, you know. Yeah, what goes around comes sense. around. Exactly. Yeah. Like I started working in television production 27 years ago and I did a lot of jobs and um, uh, I met a lot of people. Yeah. 
whenever I would do something independently and I needed people, I could call up those people, even though I hadn't talked to them in 15 years, or if I hadn't worked with them in 15 years and say, Hey, can you help me out? Every one of them said yes, because I was a good person and I always was nice and a caring and like I got stuff done and I didn't, I didn't abuse that. And I didn't take anybody for granted. And if somebody said, I'll, can you help me? I'll help you out. It completely happened. There's tons of people though that said, Oh, will you help me out? I'll help you out. That didn't help me out. Tons yeah. of people. And I remember yeah. them. And yeah. a lot of them are comics. And you wrote and them the down way, and they're on a list. They're on a list right here. <laughs> and if I ever did make it where I had a position where I'm going to hire people, I know those people are going to come out of the woodwork and I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. Because. You just use me and that's fine. You can use me, but I am not going to reward that behavior. You're not just going to do what they did. Why be honest with them? Why not just say, yeah, I'll help you out. And then just never talk to them again. Because that to me is dishonest and that's bad energy. Well, what goes around (laughs) comes around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So do you, um, uh, oh, okay. So you talked about being atheist. So do you believe no God or are you more agnostic? No, I believe not, no God. I no was agnostic God. for a lot, a long time, but okay. I believe no God. Yeah, um, and what pushed you from agnostic to atheist? I think it had everything to do when I, um, um, I, I've had uh, lady part issues. I've okay. had, um, uh, I've had a tumor and a cyst and a fibroid yeah. taken all out of my lady parts. Yeah, and um, and each time, you know, like I'm like, people are like like my dad and other, you know, people are like, well, you know, God has a plan and all this other stuff. And I'm just yeah. like, I, I, I don't, I didn't, every time I was just like, no, this is just something I was just born with this body that likes to grow things, whether it was environmental, cause we're a very, yeah, very industrial area. So there was a lot right. of environmental like poison. And all Maybe the cable TV that. you watched. <laughs> yeah. Or it was just like the stuff that like, you know, into generation after generation, right. and it just finally blew up with me. So right. I've, I've never had any kids. I've never been pregnant. It's just I can't. Yeah. I haven't been able to since I was twenty-five. And yeah. Um, yeah. to me, it's like, oh, it's not really a plan. It's just a lot. It's just what my body does. And so, yeah, it, in a sense, it's like I made it through and I got through it. And um, and it wasn't it wasn't about prayer. It wasn't about that. But it was about me going mm-hmm. i can get through this it's my positive energy so yeah to me god is your inner conscience so okay you, that's what i feel like it is and yeah. and um um and also just growing up and being older and learning stuff and seeing how corrupt people use the term god and mm. who that person is it yeah. just disillusioned me to the point where it's just like i that's that's not something that i can even believe in yeah yeah that that version of it and and i'm glad people have it for whatever reason you can believe in whatever you want i don't care sure yeah yeah it's just not something i need i need me i need me right yeah yeah yeah. no fair enough and i i mean as a religious person i also dislike when people attribute negative things to god's plan right 
because exactly. in my mind, I'm so, I'm on your page more so. Where it's like yeah. I think it's just environmental issues or you know bad yeah. genetics or whatever, right? Just yeah. bad luck. I mean, I, who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I don't think God intends for us to have trials most right. of the time. There might be some things. Mm-hmm. I I would be willing to say there there's you know a small percentage maybe of everyone's life where it's directed by a God (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. like, no, I want you to learn something. Mm -hmm. That's why you're doing, you know, that's why you're going through this. But I think it's so rare. Yeah. I mean, there's just too many people for there to be one person dictating that closely to everybody's. I think it's more, your God is more like this kind of um, reminder to people about (laughs) what, humanity supposed to be about what the earth's supposed to be about what mm-hmm. what uh you know what how we're supposed to be living in this world and that translates to me to mother nature you know like mother uh-huh. nature specifically in the time that we're in right now is like there's too many people you're fucking up the earth too many you're old do- people too- <laughs> <laughs> she's just like i gotta create something i gotta call <laughs> Got to get you guys out of here. I got to take care of something here because you guys are not getting the point. So, and that, and that to me is more, that's science-based, you know, they can track exactly these two things that got together that they created this thing. A bat in a Chinese open market. That's what happened. The anteater thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that lady who's patient zero, she's like, oh, I shared a bathroom with one of those wild traders. It's like, yeah, you're not really patient zero. It's whoever the fuck with who like right. thought that was a good idea. Those, so yeah. like, no, I mean, so. all sorts of, anyway, Yeah. anyway, too bad, too bad. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned that you're a Virgo. Do you believe in astrology? Only my, only your sign. sign. <laughs> I don't understand anything else. Like <laughs> you grow up your whole life going, Oh, you're a Virgo. But there is some things that I, it's like, you're supposed to be close to the earth. You're supposed to be very natural. Uh-huh. To, like I don't have any, plastic surgery uh i know <laughs> these are d's on their own uh <laughs> like, oh my gosh. like you're just supposed to be you know you're just supposed to be sort of centered it's an earth got it so for you it's true and and yeah so but i mean and organized that's another thing and i'm mm-hmm. uh i'm a loose virgo i'm like i love a mess as long as i get to clean it up like i don't mind making a mess yeah my my stepmother was a super virgo and uh she could not stand a mess no matter what like it, uh-huh. it drives people crazy sometimes like so living with her was a little bit annoying. interesting but interesting. um yeah but it's, I just know the stuff for me. I don't know anybody else's. I don't really you know, yeah. get into that. It's not my thing. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. I want <laughs> to give you. The, yeah. No, sorry. What? I didn't mean to. No, I do you. believe in the seasons. Like, like fall, season winter. Like, yeah. Like. Yeah, well, those happen. What yeah. do you mean you believe in them? Well, the pagans very, they, they celebrated the seasons. Oh, okay. So that's, you know, you know, Christmas came, they ripped off paganism. Yeah, and right. Then, well, um, yeah, emperor. And then, you know, and like Easter, they ripped off paganism. Yeah, you know, yeah so yeah, like it's yeah. just like certain. Well, I mean, that was uh, what Constantine trying to bring different cultures together. Right. right? Yeah, of so course. Like, you know. no, let's take let's take a right. little bit of the religion, a little right. bit of the exactly. pagan, and exactly. we can all celebrate Jesus right. and Christmas together. Right. Exactly. So, so, um, but they really like they just they embrace like 
what each season did. And so that's sort of like, you know, what I like to do each, you know, season. I like to like embrace what it is about and honor that and the connection to the earth and and it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So do you go crazy at solstice or no? (laughs) No, I don't go out in the field naked and and try and run around and my (laughs) boobs flying everywhere. No. Uh, By the way, my boobs don't fly anywhere. They're very perky. (laughs) They're, they're like in their 20s still, even though I'm 50. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so, um, but uh, no, I don't do that. But if I had more, if I was in an area more with more regular four seasons, I, I think I would like do like, you know, more of a party and outdoor thing. Or, oh, you know, gotcha. For like each that. change. Yeah. yeah. LA. Well, I saw, yeah. <laughs> sort of I celebrate tough. Christmas because Christmas for me and my family has always been about getting together and food sure. and that kind of thing. It's not really about Jesus for us. So my mom had a poinsettia wreath yeah. on top of the tree. I still have it. It doesn't work anymore, but like ah. that goes on top of the tree. Not, not an angel. Not, a, not a star or anything. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't think you should be getting presents. Uh, no, it's fine. Um, so I want to give you a chance to ask, uh, you know, what's the deal with Mormons? Anything right. regarding my faith that you've been curious about or wondered about? Well, I know a little bit because uh, Joseph Smith first tried to start Mormonism in upstate New York. Yeah. I mean, he didn't yeah. first start to try. He did. Yeah. He it, did. It and then he got kicked out. And then he got kicked out. 1830. Yeah. Then Bye. they got kicked out of New York. And yeah. yeah anyway. My question is about the the tablets that he, he yeah. said he, he found. Yeah. Now, how do you know that he didn't just make it up? Because it does feel a little yeah. bit like he just sort of made it up. And yeah. he might have been a guy who wanted a lot of attention. I don't, yeah. it, I, you know, so that's what makes it more authentic than the L. Ron Hubbard's of the world, you know? Right. Well, I think as far as L. Ron Hubbard goes, uh, I don't know that he has any claim to uh, div- I, I, I don't know that much about Scientology. Yeah. I don't know that he claims that he received his science fiction books from God. Maybe he does, but mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with a claim like that. Whereas that is Joseph Smith's claim that he received these plates, uh, at least direction on where to find them from an angel, essentially from God, right? Uh, and I think for me, it's really just choice. Um, Mm. uh, it is the book of Mormon has always struck me as teaching truth about God, about Jesus Christ, about our purpose in this life. And so Mm. for me, it feels, uh, real. Okay. But I mean, there is no question that Joseph Smith has a, a troubling history as far as mm-hmm. attention seeking goes, because mm-hmm. he was, you know, a treasure hunter. He uh, was brought before a court in New York for fraud mm-hmm. regarding treasure hunting. Um, and I think with religion, a lot of it is just choice. So for me, I think there is some fun aspects in religion regarding supernatural and almost magical kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. I do think that science can explain some of that, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think religion and science have to be at odds. So mm-hmm. for me, it is Joseph Smith's past. I think who else is God going to talk to, mm-hmm. right? He has to find someone that is willing to believe in supernatural 
because as far as we can comprehend God in my mind, it is sort of magical. It is supernatural. So it makes sense to me that he would find someone who already believes in sort of this more mystical side of, of our existence and communicate with him through things that were pretty common for those who believed in similar things at the time. Mm. So a lot of people believed in these seer stones and, you know, these sort of magical treasure sticks in, in upstate New York that <laughs> Joseph Smith was using. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, his claim is that he was, he received a vision on where to find these plates and that he, before that, was reading the Bible and prayed about a, a passage in the Bible in James telling us that if we needed wisdom, we could ask God. So he took that at its word and prayed and claims to have seen a vision of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And for me, after reading through the Book of Mormon, which I did uh, on my own at age 14 prayed about it at the end asking for my own confirmation and i felt a confirmation that it that that book had come from heavenly father so for me it is more just a personal connection to the book and uh, a personal connection to the teachings in the book so no i mean i don't have any proof that joseph smith didn't just make it up there are all sorts of uh, reports and, you know, Emma, his wife, I guess really technically one of his wives, uh, his first <laughs> wife talked about him being almost illiterate. I mean, he was, you know, not a very well-educated person. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, yeah, he was probably imaginative. Could he have made mm -hmm. it up? Maybe, but I don't mm -hmm. think that he did. And there's really not, I don't think a better answer I could give because there's just not proof. I don't think one way or the other. Well, I think that's true of everything. It's what you believe. Yeah. And, and my mom, even though we didn't go to church, she was huge in, in uh, science fiction and the supernatural. Like, she sure. loved that stuff. So yeah. that was her religion, you know? Yeah, interesting. And, like Wiccan or? No, 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 no. Okay, but not like quite that far. Not quite that far. Sci-fi, like Dark Shadows and all this, and Logan's yeah. Run. She read all the books. Like, she was a voracious reader and like, yeah. Anything sci-fi, anything out of the ordinary, um, anything that was different about supernatural yeah. and, and stuff. I'm so sorry. <sighs> Gross. <coughs> You're sick. You've got it. <laughs> I have horrible post-nasal drip. Oh, horrible. Man. And that's from growing up in homes filled with cigarette smoke. So yeah. anytime I talk longer than a certain time, it just starts because oh. I'm not breathing properly. It just starts yeah. going back. Now, you know what, Wendy? I think God has a plan for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. God's plan is really funny. He's got a horrible, wonderful sense of humor there. <laughs> I believe he does. I believe he has a great sense of humor and he probably gets it from his wife. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but but I, I understand, like, I understand that, like believing in something, um, reading about something and believing in it even though it's not the most popular thing or sure. it may be very far-fetched or whatever so there's there's plenty of things that you know i believe in that most people feel like okay. yeah well and see that's you why know. i don't judge other people yeah. who believe in crystals I, or whatever right it's yeah. like okay no i appreciate it yeah i you know like i think what bonded us was the fact that we're two kind of square comics <laughs> Meaning right. we don't do certain things uh, sure, off the sure. stage, yeah. And we don't. It's just not in our nature to do that. And, yeah. Uh, 
And so like when you, there's not that it's an evenness, right? There's like a base. And so like, I think that's why we were able to have like these really great conversations while we were waiting in line to like, yeah, or something. And that to me is the most important thing is connecting with other people. Yeah. And, and I think what you're talking about is that you have a connection with this, with what you call God right. and, and then the Mormon religion. Right. And that in itself is just as important as people having connections with each other. So there's, yeah. there's, there's no, there's no, not, not one doesn't outweigh the other. It's just as important. And so that's yeah. good that you have that. Cause I, I feel really connected to like the earth and like, yeah how that kind of happens, you know? Yeah. And, and I believe completely in that. Most people are like, eh, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, but I believe, you know, yeah. that's kind of how, and by the way, it works in my life. So right. if that works in your life, that's all that And matters. there you go. Yeah. Whatever yeah. can make us be better people. Right. Exactly. But that's, I think that's the problem with what I have with organized religion. Most of them, uh-huh. is that it doesn't, it's self-serving. It's really just to, yeah. To keep, the religion going and keep people under their wing and the money coming in and sure. not really about what it's supposed to be about. Cause yeah. I mean, I think every you know. religion suffers from that. I think every ideology can suffer from that. Yeah. Um, but I think that's when it's done wrong. Right. And I, you know, mm-hmm. when it's being run by imperfect people, which everything on this earth is, yeah. then that's just going to be sort of a unfortunate negative. Right. You know, exactly. But exactly. anyway, well, so anything you're the you got? Coolest Mormon I've ever met. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thank you so much. I want to give you a I chance don't know to. How. What? Oh, I was just going to let you plug anything you got going on. Oh, I know, right? In this, in this time, in this condemned yeah. <laughs> time. Jeez. Uh, and I'm amazed that you can go through life without swearing. I will give you props for that because I, I cannot do it. <laughs> I want to be genuine and honest. I have three children and a terrible uh, temper, so I don't go through life that pure. <laughs> okay but on stage i try to be yeah pure, pure good for you. <laughs> i try not to be pure in any part of my life well so. <laughs> at least you're genuine um well i um you can always get me on my instagram that's where i'm always posting um yeah. not only when i have stage time <laughs> yeah yeah i'll put that in the show notes but it is what at at wendy jean w-e-n-d-y-j-e-a-n um, I do, uh, I do fairly well in the script competition. So I, I semi-final or final. Wow. Sometimes yeah. I win. And yeah. So, um, and, uh, it's been nice. I won a couple of things. I'm still waiting for them to repost on their website. I don't know why they have plenty of time now, but they haven't done it. Well, you know. uh, um, but if you really want some good post-apocalyptic kind of fun entertainment yeah i made i took a pilot that i wrote and made a radio play out of it about five years ago oh fun it's on on youtube it's about the start of the second american revolution in los angeles and one complex that like bands together to survive it and it's called one more day okay based on les miserables (laughs) one day more but anyway yeah uh, one more day, one more day cool. and i have like thirty four thousand listens on it so wow hey yeah so doomsday preppers like it yeah um yeah. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting listen it really is and um and there's a couple of things that i get right that are happening now so I'm hey that's fun yeah 
and there I read you it go. a while ago. So. Cool. Well, I'll find links for those things and uh, put them in the show notes for people. Thank um, you. So absolutely. Much. Thank you for doing this, Wendy. This was Thank a pleasure. You for having me. Oh my God, Seth, you're one of my faves, and oh. I feel so honored. So you're too sweet. All you're right. Sweet. Everybody, have a good week. We'll catch you next time. All right. Let me figure out how to.